Hey, listeners, before we start the show, I want to introduce you to one of me and my brother's favorite independent artists, Liam Moore. Liam's new album, Only Forward, is deeply felt and impeccably crafted. I've had it playing on repeat in my car from the day it came out. Such a lovely drive into town The fog was caught in the red and the brown Only Forward by Liam Moore is available now on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Don't attempt to understand the modern poem. Listen to it. This is Interesting People Reading Poetry. And it should be heard. A show where artists and luminaries read a favorite poem and share what it means to them. <laughs> I'm Brendan Starmer. In other words, if it ain't a pleasure, it ain't a poem. In this episode, Makoto Fujimura reads an excerpt from Burnt Norton by T.S. Eliot. Fujimura is a leading contemporary painter whose work fuses abstract expressionism with traditional Japanese painting styles. He's also the author of several books, including most recently Art Plus Faith, A Theology of Making, out now from Yale University Press. T.S. Eliot was an influential modernist poet, playwright, and critic born in St. Louis in 1888. His late masterpiece, Four Quartets, is a collection of four linked poems partially inspired in sound and structure by Beethoven's late string quartets. Burnt Norton, the first poem in the series, was written while Eliot was living in England in 1935. My name is Makoto Fujimura. I am an artist, and I have uh, recently authored a book called Art Plus Faith, uh, Theology of Making, coming out of Yale Press. This is part of Four Quartets by T.S. Eliot, Burnt Norton, Section 2. Garlic and sapphires in the mud clot the bedded axle tree. The trilling wire in the blood sings below in better scars appeasing long forgotten wars. The dance along the artery, the circulation of the lymph are figured in the drift of the stars. Ascent to summer in the tree, we move above the moving tree in light upon the figured leaf and here upon the sodden floor below. The boar hound and the boar pursue their pattern as before, but reconciled among the stars. At the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither from nor towards. At the still point, there the dance is. But neither rest nor movement, and do not call it fixed city where past and future are gathered. Neither movement from nor towards, neither ascent nor decline, except for the point, the still point. There would be no dance, and there is only the dance. I can only say there we have been, but I cannot say where. 
and I cannot say how long for that is to place it in time. The inner freedom from the practical desire, the release from action and suffering, release from the inner and the outer compulsion, yet surrounded by a grace of sense, a white light still and moving, urban without motion, concentration without elimination, both a new world and an old made explicit, understood in the completion of its partial ecstasy, the resolution of its partial horror, yet the enchainment of past and future woven in the weakness of the changing body protects mankind from heaven and damnation which flesh cannot endure. Time past and time future allow but a little consciousness. To be conscious is not to be in time, but only in time can the moment in the rose garden the moment in the arbor where the rain beat, the moment in the drafty church at Smokefall be remembered, involved with past and future. Only through time, time is conquered. I first encountered this poem at a conference that I hosted um, in 1999, I believe it was. Um, and we, held, we hosted a conference called uh, Art as Prayer. And uh, we had uh, our editor and writer, Gregory Wolf, uh, who founded the Image Journal um, as one of our guest speakers. And he spoke about T.S. Eliot in particular this poem, Four Quartets, which had a profound impact in his life when uh, he studied at Oxford. And um, he said, um, um, much of this, this poem is something that uh, you, might, you might read when you're young and uh, th- think not much of it uh, at the time um, you you know dissected and you study it, but 
it gets into your bones. And um, he said, in particular, when you you might be um, lost <laughs> and feeling lost or uh, be in a situation where uh, suddenly the world seems upside down, that's that's when the poem can come alive. Um, and um, I remember that. And, uh, of course, two years after, um, I lived in ground zero, what would become ground zero, New York City. And that's when I began to read this poem in earnest. Um, in fact, I emailed Greg asking him, you know, what should I read this with? Um, is, is, is there a way to contextualize this reading? Um, and he gave me a long email back, um, which was almost like a uh, PhD thesis uh, <laughs> reading list. So uh, it began there. So Greg told me one of the things that he told me was you have to read this poem aloud, um, and otherwise, otherwise it, it, the, the sound, the resonance of it doesn't come through. And so after 9-11, I found myself uh, going back and forth between Brooklyn and uh, Tribeca, where my studio was and my home was, but I we couldn't get back home, but I could go to my studio. So I, I got in the subway often um, the, from Brooklyn to downtown, which is a sh very short ride, but it, it felt like an eternity. And um, I, I sometimes I, I was so confused uh, that I, I, I didn't remember which which way I was going. <laughs> And and so I began to read the Essenia's four quartets aloud in the subway. Garlic and sapphires in the mud clot the bedded axle tree. Usually there was no one in the car, but but even if there were people, you know, New York is a place where you can do these things without people, you know, finding you to be quite strange. And uh, so it was it was perfectly acceptable. You know, there were actors practicing their lines, sometimes, you know, musicians singing. <laughs> and and uh, I, I was reading four quartets uh, uh, almost every time I got in the train. I would read it out loud for a while. Um, it comforted me. And some of the darkest passages in, in, in this poem were the most comforting to me. At the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither from nor towards. At the still point, there the dance is. You know, when you're going through trauma, uh, when you have survived something catastrophic as that, um, uh, you, you are disoriented and you, you begin to see the world uh, not in the way that you used to see it, um, but in, in the way that you think um, in, in its uncertain terms. Uh, and, and poems like this, I think a voice um, of um, presence, uh, you know, uh, it's a presence of a person who has gone through trauma, who has been through times when he wasn't 
sure what the future will hold. He's writing this between uh, the wars. And, um, and then he has to make the words not only authentic to that experience, but resonate beyond the, the certainty of trauma in, in his time. So this is, this is an enormously important poem, and I, I love to see young people read this poem and, and uh, com- you know, memorize some of the passages because they, they will come out later on uh, in unexpected moments um, when you're going through um, things of life, uh, both the sorrows and joys, and, and, and they, they, they can accompany us throughout our lives. This is from T.S. Eliot, Four Quartets. The first uh, poem, Burnt Norton, section two. Gothic and sapphires in the mud clot the bedded axle tree. The trailing wire in the blood sings below inveterate scars appeasing long forgotten wars. The dance along the artery, the circulation of the lymph are figured in the drift of stars ascend to summer in the tree. We move above the moving tree in light upon the figured leaf and here upon the sodden floor below. The bowhound and the boar pursue their pattern as before, but reconcile among the stars. At the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither from nor towards, at the still point, there the dance is. But neither arrest nor movement, and do not call it fixity. Where past and future are gathered, neither movement from nor towards, neither ascent nor decline, except for the point, the still point. There will be no dance, and there is only the dance. I can only say, there we have been, but I cannot say where, and I cannot say how long, for that is to place it in time. The inner freedom from the practical desire the release from action and suffering, release from the inner and the outer compulsion, yet surrounded by a grace of sense, a white light still and moving, earthbound without motion, concentration without elimination, both a new world and the old made explicit, understood in the completion of its partial ecstasy, the resolution of its partial horror, yet the enchainment of past and future woven in the weakness of the changing body protects mankind from heaven and damnation which flesh cannot endure. Time past and time future allow but a little consciousness to be conscious 
is not to be in time, but only in time can the moment in the rose garden, the moment in the arbor where the rain beat, the moment in a drafty church at Smokefall be remembered, involved with past and future. Only through time, time is conquered. Burnt Norton by T.S. Eliot appears in Four Quartets, published by Echo. Find a link to the book and a link to Makoto Fujimura's latest book, Art Plus Faith, A Theology of Making, at interestingpeoplereadingpoetry.com. Interesting People Reading Poetry is an independent podcast, co-created by me and my brother, Andy Sturmer, who composes all of our music. If you like the show, help us out by subscribing on Radio Public, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leaving a review. As always, we invite you to call the Haiku Hotline at 612-440-0643 with your short poems and poetic musings. For the occasional prompt, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Haiku Hotline. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, I'm Libby Ferrara in Seward, Alaska. This haiku is called Night on Anchor. Full, radiant moon, casting a shining path for mind's eye to travel. Love the podcast.